Hey guys, it's Jimmy Moore here. Just wanted to let you know about a brand new company that my Keto Talk co-host, Dr. Adam Nally and I created earlier this year. It's called Keto Living. Visit ketoliving.com and you'll see these brand new line of supplements that we have created for your low carb, moderate protein, high fat, ketogenic lifestyle. We currently have two products, the Keto Essentials Multivitamin and the Berberine Plus and coming soon, a high fat shake. But for the month of May, we are doing a special on the Keto Essentials Multivitamin. When you buy two bottles, you get one free, a $47 value. Now, what's in the Keto Essentials? It's literally everything and the kitchen sink for your ketogenic lifestyle, including alpha lipoic acid, taurine, inositol, polyphenols, EGCG, high gamma mixed tosiferols, coenzyme Q10, methylated folate, and so much more. Again, check it out at ketoliving.com and click on the May special for Keto Essentials Multivitamin Adult Formula. Buy two, get one free. Keto Living. Hey guys, I've been working on getting an affordable blood ketone meter for many months now, and now I'm happy to introduce to you the Smart Meter. Go to bestketonetest.com to pre-order the most innovative technology in ketone testing to ever hit the marketplace. This is set to change the paradigm in blood ketone testing forever. The Smart Meter will test ketones, blood glucose, and total cholesterol, and immediately give instant access to testing blood ketones to so many more people who could never afford to test before. The Smart Meter is set to release on Tuesday, July the 25th. 5th, 2017, but right now we're giving you a great incentive to order and stock up on these ketone strips. For each vial of 50 blood ketone strips that you purchase before July the 25th, 2017, we're going to give you an extra $10 off the already low price of $75 using the coupon code UNLIMITED at checkout. That comes to just $1.30 per strip. Plus you get free shipping in the U.S. and standard shipping rates worldwide. This is by far the very best deal you will find on blood ketone testing anywhere and we're so happy to be bringing this exciting news to you today. While you're at bestketonetest.com, pick up some blood glucose test strips for 50 of them for $25 and coming soon, you'll be able to test total cholesterol with a test strip. So again, it's called Smart Meter. Head on over to bestketonetest.com and get your Smart Meter today and don't forget to use the coupon code unlimited to get an extra $10 off each vial of 50 blood ketone test strips that you purchase prior to July the 25th, 2017. Bestketonetest.com. You are listening to Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc, featuring veteran health podcaster Jimmy Moore and Surprise Arizona family physician Dr. Adam Nally. They are here answering the most pressing questions about a low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic diet. Visit our website, ketotalk.com. And now, it's time for Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc. Here's Jimmy and Adam. 
Hey, hey guys, we're back here on episode 73 of Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc. Visit our website, itsketotalk.com, and we also have a very active Facebook page. You guys are rocking it there to the tune of nearly 18,000 members now at ketotalkfb.com. So thank you guys for being there. And if you haven't joined in on the fun, go join in. It's a lot of fun. We, we talk about all sorts of things related to ketogenic diets. And you might hear a missing voice today, and that is uh, my good buddy, my pal, uh, Dr. Adam Nally. He's usually on here on Keto Talk, but he decided to be a bit of a slacker and take a couple of weeks off, and that's all good. He needs that recharging time. But I thought, how cool would it be to have another ketogenic podcaster in here with me today, and not just any old podcaster, you guys. This lady who's here with us today has the number one fitness and nutrition podcast in all of iTunes called the Keto for Women Show. It's a brand new podcast. I definitely want you to check out. Go to ketotalk.com and you can click on the show notes to see the Keto for Women Show. But it features my good friend, Sean Miner from SeanMiner.com. What's up, Sean? Hey, Jimmy, and hello to all you Ketonians out there, oh, as she listens. the doc would say. <laughs> I'll try to do my best impression of him throughout this podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, hello, you Ketonians out there. <laughs> yeah, I need a much deeper voice for yes, that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, you definitely have a higher voice, but you have quite the knowledge base about ketogenic diets. I definitely want to get into why here in a minute, but we have this special show for you guys today that will have a lot of your questions. If you send in a question related to female um, questions that, that specifically are about ketogenic diets and women, we're hitting a lot of goodens today. And Sean has already said, oh, this is going to be a good show. So looking forward to hitting those here in a minute. But let's back up. Tell us a little more about yourself, Sean, because you weren't always into ketogenic diets. Um, you actually had nutritional uh, background and education as an NTP and uh, certified nutritionist. But tell us a little more about how you got interested in nutrition and how it eventually turned into ketogenic for you to help you heal yourself. Yes, it's a it's a long story, but I'll try to make it as concise as possible here. But yeah, I am. I'm a nutritionist now. I live in Boulder, Colorado, but I see one on one clients all over the world through the beauty of Skype and FaceTime and things like that. So I actually started this journey because of my own health journey, uh, my own health issues that really I started probably about eight to nine years ago when I was first diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is an autoimmune disease for those that don't know of the colon. So my body attacking my own colon. And for a while, I was fine just doing what the doctor said and taking all of these pills every single day. And then it kind of stopped working. And I went back and they told me there was really nothing else I could do. I could try other medications if I wanted, but uh, diet had nothing to do with it. And I didn't need to worry about what I was eating. And I just, it didn't sit with me. It just did not sit with me. So that day I turned to Dr. Google and uh, <laughs> I actually found quite a few people that had been able to uh, put their autoimmune diseases into remission by switching to a real food paleo diet. Mm -hmm. So that was four years ago now that I switched. I literally that next day cleaned out my pantry, went full bore paleo, and it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I was 
definitely healthier than I had ever been. I was able to put my ulcerative colitis into remission for a period of time and all was good until it wasn't. (laughs) Yes. Until just these other random health symptoms kept coming my way. Just one thing after the other that, you know, I was really active. I'm a formal personal trainer, so really active and really into the uh, fitness world as well. But eating this paleo diet, trying to reduce my stress and all the stuff, and I couldn't get a handle on my health again. So what specifically happened, Sean? So it started with, um, you know, just really bad fatigue, fatigue to the point where I would wake up in the morning, I would be up for an hour and I'd have to go back to bed. Oh, wow. I just could not get through my day without sleeping for most of it. Uh, joint pain in places where I had never had any sort of issues with joints, uh, in the past, um, brain fog, which is really weird because it's, it, you don't really understand what brain fog is until you have it. (laughs) And then it's like, you can't recollect words. You can't remember your past. You can't hold conversations with more than one person. I would be in a group of my friends and I would have to just kind of sit back because I couldn't follow the conversation. And these Um, were new symptoms that popped up after going paleo. Yes. These were new symptoms with this most pristine diet. Wow. and lifestyle, and they just kept popping up. And then the the final straw, which I know probably a lot of the listeners will um, relate to, is I started gaining weight without doing anything differently. I uh, started having this weight gain that was I couldn't control with my diet or my reducing of stress or exercise. Nothing would change. And so and that sucks as a weight, nutritionist, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. It's very hard. Yes. Very hard. And as someone that works out and goes to the gym as much as I do, and it just wasn't, nothing was, was happening. So what that was your was theory of, at the time as to why that was happening? I was thinking it was my adrenals, my thyroid, those kind of hormones were off, which they weren't great, but, yeah. but, uh, I was thinking that it was that. And Uh, It ended up not being even that, believe it or not. So what it ended up being after much and much digging, it was about a year and a half of digging, you know, and I'm the kind of person that's not just going to live with any of that. Mm -hmm. So I just kept uh, going to different doctors and doing more research and finally came to a doctor that was able to diagnose me with what's called chronic inflammatory response syndrome. So Mm -hmm. we call it SIRS for short. And it is uh, what happens to people like me, we have a genetic predisposition, 24% of the population does. When we are exposed to things like toxic mold, um, Lyme disease will will result in chronic inflammatory response syndrome, things like that. So it was actually my environment that, because I was living in a home that had mold. I actually lived in two homes that were moldy that I did not know. And it caused this huge spiral in my health. And so just by the name, you can see chronic inflammatory response syndrome. So what it does, your body doesn't know how to detox from that if you are genetically susceptible. So instead, your body just in its in its way that it's supposed to inflames. Well, and people don't realize the weight on your body actually is a protective measure against that inflammation. So the fact that you were gaining weight, I know a lot of people see it as a bad thing, but it was actually a sign that your body was trying to keep you uh, safe. Exactly. And it was trying to keep, you know, those toxins from getting into my organs, too, because it could just store it in the fat. 
So it was actually doing the right thing. My body was working for me, not against me, which is what I had been thinking all along. And just even that mindset shift made a huge difference for me. But um, so there's a really specific protocol for chronic inflammatory response syndrome, which involves some medications, some detox tools, things like that. But there's not really that much of a dietary component. And me being a nutritionist. Yeah. Definitely knows there's there diet. There has to be a dietary component, right? <laughs> exactly. There has to be. And so going through this list of all the things that I needed. So I needed to reduce my inflammation. I needed to heal my brain because the inflammation, and that's what caused what I now know was leptin resistance, mm-hmm. um, which is why I was gaining weight as well. I had a high leptin level because my brain was inflamed. And so that caused uh, those leptin receptors to just shut right down. (laughs) And uh, so that was something I needed to heal. I needed to get my immune system back on track and really healthy. So in my mind, the next best step was to go keto because ketones do all those things. Where had you heard about ketosis, obviously within your own training and your own personal research, but was there anything that kind of put it on your radar screen? Uh, Jimmy Moore. I've heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) That guy. Uh, Yeah, it was really just doing my own research uh, and, you know, listening to your podcasts and going online and doing some research, not necessarily uh, with bloggers, but with actual, um, you know, actual research, research papers and uh, diet doctor. You know, I go to that website quite a bit. So, yep. So it was just kind of the easiest and most likely next step that I would take with my diet. Of course, you were on the low carb cruise a couple of years ago. And so you were exposed to a lot of great speakers there. I'm sure that was part of the inspiration for digging deeper as well. Yes. And I had already been, you know, even within paleo, I had always been pretty low carb because I felt the best that way. Yep. But now I knew to, needed to actually produce ketones step and make sure up. I was, yeah, step <laughs> it up, eat a lot more fat, which I'm happy to do and it's produce those ketones. Yeah. Well, and that's so awesome. That, How did you yeah, test for this? Was there a specific kind of blood test or any test that your doctor ran t- about this SIRS? Yes, there's very specific blood tests that I can tell you most doctors won't do or don't even know about. They're oh, they very will specific. if I demand it. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, so what you can do, and now there's becoming a lot more doctors that are certified because there's, a, like I said, that very specific protocol. It's called the Shoemaker Protocol. Mm. And uh, it's the only one that I mean, people have tried other things and it does not work. This is the only one that works. It's a doctor, an MD that created it um, for himself and now teaches other people to do it. So Name Shoemaker, of course. Name Shoemaker, yes. Yeah. So you need to find a doctor in your area that uh, at least will follow that protocol, which is the hard part. That's really the hardest part about the whole protocol is finding someone to do it for is you. Is there a database for it somewhere, Sean, where people can see who the doctors are near them? Yes. So if you go to survivingmold.com, okay. it will, it kind of explains all of the tests that you'd want done, all of the symptoms you may be having, uh, and will show the list of the doctors who are certified under him as of now. Um, and luckily I had one that was right down the street from me. So that worked out oh, really that's well. that's cool. Yes. Well, in Boulder, I would expect that in Boulder. Yes. Well, and you know, we have a lot of people dealing with this now because we had in 2013, a severe flood. Ah. And that's how, when it started for me because my basement flooded. And you got all the mold removed and cleaned up as best as you know, in your house now? 
Well, I moved. Oh, well, <laughs> that's one way to do it. Burn yes, down I moved to a house. brand new place. <laughs> so no one's ever lived in this before. There's been no leaks, nothing. Yes. Wow. But there really is. So like I said, 24% of people are dealing with this. I would say that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And I really think I would say probably only 10% even know. What is it? And 75 st- million Americans. If, if the statistics lot. turn out to, to be 24%, which I believe you. Yeah. But it's wow. a lot. So yeah. there's a lot of people dealing with these random health issues and they're not getting better. I have a lot of them and as clients in my practice and we go through all of this stuff and it turns out that it, it is the mold that's actually really um, making them out of whack there. So what is this shoemaker protocol? Um, well, it's pretty intense. So you run all these labs. Most of them will show you kind of what the inflammation is doing to your body. They're actually very tiny specific hormones that can get really dysregulated with this inflammation. Uh, the first step is to rid your body of, well, the very first step is to get out of the get mold. Get rid of that mold, get out of way from yes. that. Yeah. So either move or <laughs> remediate whatever you need to do. Yeah. And and then the next step is to detox your body. And since your body can't do, which 76% of people can just detox, uh, us 24% cannot. And so you need help to do that. And this is really interesting, you'll find. But the the medication that does that is actually a cholesterol-lowering medication. Statin? It's this powder. No, it's a powder uh-huh. that removes the cholesterol basically from your gut your, your blood. Uh, I can't remember the name of cholestyramine. Have you Uh heard of that? I have not. Okay. So it's this powder. And so I really had to make sure my cholesterol wasn't getting too low while I was taking this because, so it binds the cholesterol and gets it out. You actually just pass it through your stool. Because it's taking the toxins out of your body. That's what it's physically doing. Yes. Yep. So you're using off label in the SIRS protocol. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. So I really had to eat a lot of fat just to keep my cholesterol where I wanted it to be. And no side effects from taking that drug? Oh, yeah. I mean, Uh, yeah, (laughs) a little, yeah, a little bit. Mainly it's digestive. You just don't feel that great digestively because it is passing through your gut. But you also Um, doing a temporary amount of time for a specific purpose, not as a lifetime maintenance drug, which a lot of people like take statins, for example. Right. Yes, exactly. And then the next after that is done, then the next phase is to move on to kind of it's a it's a nasal spray. That's a very compounded, very specific uh, nasal spray through a pharmacy. But it basically just what is it? It kind of is a steroid. It's um, it's actually like a neuropeptide. Mm-hmm. But it kind of acts in that way. And it you just spray it up your nose for until you start feeling better. And that's kind of the magic uh, <laughs> prescription that everyone can't wait to get on because you actually start feeling better. Is that because it goes to the brain really fast? Is that exactly? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So wow. then you start feeling like yourself again to a degree. But oh. but then there's also keto. And, and I guess now in this uh, arena, there's much more prevalence of people doing keto to kind of just even symptom manage while you're going through the protocol and also start that healing process, which was obviously the case for me. And even my doctor now, I'm he's referring people to me to get them into ketosis, which is great. So <laughs> is it simply the get- inflammation lowering effect, Sean, that keto provides or is there some other benefit that keto is is adding to to this healing? I mean, I think that lowering the inflammation for me was a huge step that got rid of a lot of my symptoms. But I will say the brain healing effects of ketones. You know, I really think that 
because you can essentially kind of think of it as brain damage when your brain is so inflamed to that degree, there's damage there. Yeah. And so you can start, um, you know, really trying to get that under control and start rebuilding in your brain, which ketones can do. I have heard that somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps this podcast, we've Uh, talked about that. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Well, Sean, you definitely uh, have been changed physically yourself, uh, and now you're motivated and you're teaching people, your doctor's sending people to you to say, hey, teach them how to do keto. So you decided... Uh, and you've and you've been podcasting uh, with our mutual friend Meg Dahl on the Nourish podcast, but you decided to do a Jimmy Moore and create more than one podcast. And so I you, had you in mind as I was doing it. I'm like, Jimmy can do it. I can do it. <laughs> Anybody can do it if Jimmy Moore can. So you started this brand new podcast, literally just debuted not that long ago, maybe a week, a week and a half ago. The Keto for Women show. It's now on iTunes, you guys. And it literally, within a couple of days of coming online, hit number one in all of fitness and nutrition category. Just to give you context, uh, Keto Talk tends to hang around in the teens, Live in La Vida Low Carb Show, Fasting Talk, they all kind of hang out in the teens area. The highest I've ever seen is number two with Fasting Talk when we first came out. But you hit number one, and you're still number one as of the recording of this. Uh, What made you want to do a show just for women regarding ketogenic diets? Well, I think that keto obviously now is so powerful uh, to for everyone, you know, for many, many people. But I think there's a lack of maybe knowledge and information being provided specifically for women and kind of based on our hormones. I mean, that's the whole reason why we are a little bit different is because we're delicate creatures, right? Let's be honest. (laughs) So so we need to kind of approach it from a different way. And it was almost when I started my own keto journey, there were mistakes I made. There were things I did right. But there was a lot of learning that I had in my own journey that then I really found out needed to be shared with more people because it does need to be approached a little differently than the men in our lives. Um, and a podcast cast came out of it. And I have a, a group program where I take ladies into ketosis safely and effectively and without needing to obsess about macros and calories and all of that stuff. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the biggest problems is that I don't really want people to see it or women specifically to see it as another diet. I want it to be a lifestyle. And that's the biggest message that I really have. Oh, I so love that, Sean. You know, I do, because I I think people that go on any kind of nutritional plan and think of it just as a diet, it's always this temporary, I'll start here, the wedding will happen here. And so I'm going to do this just to lose weight. And nothing frustrates me more, especially when I see it with keto. I'm like, if that's your reason for going keto, you got the wrong motivation. Yes, exactly. And it won't last and you won't actually get those healing benefits because most of us need ketones in our blood for a period of time, you know, a significant period of time to actually get those benefits. So um, I don't want it to just be a crash diet because it's really not like that. It's just such a lifestyle. So give me like three things that are different about a keto for women uh, that's different than keto for men. Okay, first one, like I guess let's start with the first one since we were just talking about it, is really thinking of it as a lifestyle and really trying to become intuitive with it. Uh, again, I mean, w- men can do this too, but I think they just have an easier time 
kind of listening to their bodies and doing what feels good than women, because we are more focused on that diet mentality. A lot of us have been doing it for most of our lives, being on some sort of diet. So I think it might, it's just something that I really want women to focus on, uh, is just really learning to take away that diet mentality. Know you're doing it for a long period of time. And if that means that, uh, occasionally you have some carbs then occasionally have some carbs and that's okay. You're going to get, you're going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen. You're going to get back on track. And, um, you know, you can just really learn to be intuitive. Now, the thing is, say you did want carbs. Now you really also do need to make sure that it's an actual physical desire from your body as opposed to a craving, which are different. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but this is, this is a very important, uh, I guess, point that I want people to hear, you know, are, are you talking about targeting those carbs for a specific time, like menstruation period, or is, is there some specific reason or just when it hits the woman? Well, I think most of us women will agree that it happens during certain times of the month, but I don't want to tell you, okay, so when you're five days out from your cycle, you're going to want carbs because then you're not being intuitive because I'm telling you that. So I don't want to put that into your head. I just want women to be more in tune with their bodies. And when you become more in tune with your bodies, then you know, okay, I'm really feeling like carbohydrates would probably do me well right now. Mm -hmm. And oh, it happens to be two days before my period. (laughs) (laughs) So but then you kind of know that information about yourself. So maybe next cycle, when that comes around, then you'll notice it again. So it's not so much about timing it according to our, what we're doing as women day by day, but more so listening to your body. And I, it's a really, uh, hard thing to teach because it's so internal, but I just like talk, I feel like the more and more I talk about it, then, uh, the more and more people will understand the difference between I need to go have ice cream versus a sweet potato at dinner would probably do me really well. Yeah. So you're saying for a specific reason and not gobs and unlimited and let's go have a carb fest. You're saying, all right, your body's telling you you need a half a sweet potato. So eat a half a sweet potato, knowing that it will probably kick you out of ketosis for a period of time, but that that's okay. that you'll be able to get back into ketosis pretty quickly. Yeah. And and especially if you've been in ketosis for a while and you kind of have that mastered and, um, you know, if you're you know, say you just had a a big workout and that just really feels like it would fuel you up properly uh, and put loads of butter on that, uh, on that sweet potato. (laughs) Yeah. That will help. (laughs) That's cool. So that's the first thing I really like the intuitive piece about it. And that's something that will probably talk about in every single episode of my podcast. It will come up because (laughs) it's huge and it really can be learned. I mean, I haven't, I honestly, keto really brought me food freedom for the first time in my life. And it really is the first time that I can be intuitive with my food. So now I can teach others to be, but I've been on that other end of a spectrum where every single time I eat is what I think I quote unquote should be eating, you know, and not what I, my body actually wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the first one. Number two, I think you need to eat more food. So a big one kind of goes with the dieting aspect 
is pe- women aren't eating enough food oh, to actually heal their bodies. Thank you. <laughs> the calorie restriction thing just drives me nuts. I'm eating low carb and low fat and low calorie. Why aren't I losing weight? Because you're not healthy. eating any food. <laughs> you're starving. That's why. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, we're delicate creatures. We have these hormones that like to get out of whack at a moment's notice. The moment a stressful event arises, our hormones will take a toll. Our adrenals, our thyroid, progesterone, estrogen, all of that, the balance will just completely go out of whack. And one of the biggest uh, stressors on our body is undernourishment. And so you really need to, especially when you're in ketosis, and I know you guys promote this too, which I absolutely love. Don't worry about the calories. Don't worry about the amount of food. Just again, listen to your body, eat when you need to eat, eat until you're satisfied and stop and then eat again when you're hungry again. And you don't need to worry about, well, one tablespoon of fat has such and such calories. I mean, I just, it just doesn't matter anymore, which is actually really freeing if you think about it. Well, and we've been in this diet mentality for so many decades in our culture now that it's kind of hard to undo that. But I love that you used one phrase in there, Sean, and that's that that women tend to be undernourished. And undernourished doesn't just mean that they're not eating enough calories. I would even say they're not getting enough nutrients, which I know you as an NTP, uh, that you're all up in that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Make sure they're getting proper nutrition. Um Bone broth is your friend, you know, you know, great micronutrition from the green leafy vegetables in a ketogenic diet. So it's more than just uh, lack of calories. It's lack of quality in the foods that you are eating. Exactly. And, and even just having a nice variety of food. So if we can have a tendency, again, when we're in this diet mentality where every day we eat the same thing because we know the macronutrients, we know the calories, we know all of the stuff. Yeah. But then you're not you're missing out on so much other amazing tasting food, but also amazing nutrients. So we really need to get out of that mentality, too. Here, here. So what's the third one? So number three for me is is a big one, and that is to take your time switching to a ketogenic diet if you're a woman. So going straight from one day eating, you know, you could even be eating a, a paleo diet, but having fruit and sweet potatoes and, and maybe some rice or something. And then the next day going keto and, and really dropping those carbs is, again, another stressor for a lot of women's bodies. And so that, again, will be kind of something that could throw off those hormones hormones uh, and cause some changes in your cycle, changes in your adrenals. You might feel tired, uh, all of those things. So if we can take three to four weeks to make that transition into ketosis and kind of slow. Yeah, it's kind of slowly alter those macronutrients as we go, which is what I do in my course with these ladies. um, Then you're just going to feel a lot better when you get into ketosis. You're not going to have nearly as bad of a keto flu situation. And uh, and you won't be taking any toll on your adrenal thyroid hormone connection. I think that has a lot of merit. And I've never seen that for myself, but I'm a dude. So, (laughs) right. Right. And I mean, some women may won't have a problem, but a lot of the women that come to me are dealing with some stage of adrenal fatigue, some sort of hypothyroid situation. Their hormones are, you know, they're either not having a period at all. So they have amenorrhea, their hormones are dysregulated. They have PCOS, something like that. And so their body is already kind of freaking out. (laughs) So if we put one more thing on there, it might just be too much, but if we can do it slowly so that every day your body is getting that message over the course of these three to four weeks that, okay, these, my macronutrients, my energy shift 
is changing. And um, then that just really makes a huge difference, I've found. I think we're going to have a few questions here today that will help uh, address some of these specific thing, specific things that you've already talked about, Sean. But uh, guys, I think you uh, have heard in her voice. She knows her stuff. She definitely has lived it herself, is now teaching it to other women. So we're really happy to have you here today, Sean. Let's pause here for a quick sponsor. We'll be right back. Have you been interested in trying the new cutting-edge technology of exogenous ketones but didn't know where to get started? Let me introduce you to Perfect Keto. Visit perfectketo.com slash jimmy and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto was created by a functional medicine clinician who developed this unique formula for maximum efficacy. It's great tasting and the most affordable exogenous ketone supplement you can find that raises blood ketone levels up to 1.5 millimolar to help increase mental focus, boost your energy, and commence fat burning. It does not contain any soy, dairy, gluten, artificial sweeteners, binding agents, or anything that doesn't directly improve your health. The synergistic power of a low-carb, moderate-protein, high-fat ketogenic diet with Perfect Keto Exogenous Ketones will have your body running optimally. Perfect Keto is available in delicious chocolate sea salt and peaches and cream flavors. Each serving comes with 11.38 grams of high-quality beta-hydroxybutyrate for maximum ketone boosting while adding in magnesium, potassium, cocoa, stevia, and vitamin C for extra micronutrition. Again, try Perfect Keto for yourself at Perfect perfectketo.com slash jimmy and be sure to use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto. Have you tried Keto Fuel? Go to shopketoshake.com to learn more about Keto Fuel. It's one of the most exciting products to come out in the ketogenic world in a long time. It is a truly low-carb, high-fat shake that does not overload your body with excessive protein that would kick you out of nutritional ketosis. And the taste is outstanding. Reminds me somewhat of a sweetened almond milk. I've mixed it with water with ice cubes in a shaker, but also blended with heavy cream for a luscious milkshake that tastes like a milkshake, but it's healthy. I'm so glad Keto Fuel was created, and I think you're going to love it too. Once again, visit shopketoshake.com to get more information and to place your order for the Keto Fuel. Shopketoshake.com. We're back here with Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc, and I'm here today with my special guest co-host, Sean Miner. She's from the Keto for Women show, brand new iTunes health podcast, as well as SeanMiner.com. That's S-H-A-W-N-M-Y-N-A-R.com. If you like what you're hearing from Sean, why wouldn't you? It's Sean Miner. There you go. So you ready to answer some questions, Sean? Let's do it. All right. So the first one is from Christy. She says, hey, guys, I've been attempting to do a ketogenic diet since last July. It works wonders for my multiple sclerosis symptoms. I first heard about it from Dr. Terry Walls. The issue that I'm having now is adrenal fatigue and thyroid issues. I'm taking a low-dose Synthroid, but I'm tired, nauseous, depressed, and feel cold all the time. Despite keeping my carbs under 30 grams total daily, eating only whole foods, I've now gained 20 pounds in two months. Since the adrenals and thyroid are connected, 
Is it possible that I'm eating too low carb for my stressed out adrenals or am I not low carb enough? You guys often say on Keto Talk that hormones dictate everything about your weight and health, but something is going on with me that I can't seem to figure out. I feel like crap most of the time despite being on the healthiest diet I've ever been on in my life. No gluten, no soy, no dairy, no sugar, three to five cups of fresh vegetables, full-fat coconut milk, grass-fed meats, cooking with bacon grease, and a half a cup of blueberries daily. Is there a way to heal my adrenals and thyroid with the ketogenic diet, or do I need to heal these first before going full keto? Really love the podcast. All the best, Christy. So you probably heard yourself in there, didn't you, uh, Sean, when you saw Christy's question, but it boils down to this. What can I do to heal my adrenals and thyroid issues while on a ketogenic diet, And do I need to heal these first before going keto? Right. So actually what I'm finding and and will continue to find, I'm sure, in myself and other women is keto is actually really great for healing your adrenals and thyroid. It really, truly is. Now, however, we have to take what I said before on these three things that we might need to change as women dealing with these issues uh, and, and implement them. So my first thing would be, are you actually in ketosis? Which I know, Jimmy, you would probably ask too, because that's a big one. We need to make sure you're actually in ketosis instead of just going low carb. And that's a huge, huge thing. I see a lot of people doing that really gets, gets into my bones because, (laughs) um, some people and Jimmy, I know you can agree with me here again. Some people will kind of have negative uh, association with ketosis and write blogs and all of these things saying how bad it is. And never tested it. But they're not actually in ketosis. Is it (laughs) too much protein that's usually the biggest culprit? For women, it's not even eating enough fat Ah. all the time. All the time. Sometimes if they have gotten some coaching and they can really up their fat, it might be a protein issue. But most of the time, because listen, even just when she listed her food, she was eating. Yes. So we have some full fat coconut in in there cooking with bacon grease, which I really don't even count, to be honest, because, you know, just doesn't really matter. So there's really not that much fat in what she just mentioned she was eating. Yeah. So I think she's spending a lot of time thinking about how low carb she is and how many carbs she should be eating and not enough time thinking about how much fat she's eating. And so I would be surprised if she was in ketosis. And when she wasn't eating enough fat, it gets back to that hypocaloric thing again, that she's not eating enough calories. So those two go hand in hand. And I think that's a good lesson, Sean, that when in doubt, add more fat. Just, yeah, just add more fat. I mean, you don't even have to measure it or anything else, just put a bunch on top of whatever you're already eating. <laughs> What's your favorite you know, fat to add to I, any given meal? Mayo. Mayonnaise, I, really? I will add, I make my own avocado oil yeah, don't mayo. don't use that store-bought crap, you guys. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's so easy to make your own mayo, too. It's probably one of the easiest things you could ever make. Although Mark Sisson makes based. a mean one. The Primal Kitchen one is really good with avocado yes. oil. Yes, I'm my own recipe is very similar to that, but I just whip that up. I probably go through a jar a week (laughs) because I'm putting it on everything and it tastes good. I like butter. I just keep it simple. If if I'm cooking up some vegetables, I'll throw some bone broth in the pan 
and I'll throw some grass-fed butter in the pan and bada-bing, bada-boom. And what's interesting is the bone broth actually starts to kind of caramelize when you're cooking vegetables. So it gives this kind of crispiness to the outside. I'm letting my little dirty secrets of cooking. Yeah, in, that sounds amazing. I'm going to so try that. <laughs> Chicken bone broth is specifically what I use. And yeah, it it's awesome. <laughs> oh, I have to try that. Absolutely. It's happening. Uh, yeah. So I, I really think because here's the thing, in my opinion, low carb for women, especially women dealing with adrenal and thyroid issues is probably not just why you're not feeling good. It's not going to be a good option. Now, low carb, high fat, ketogenic amazing. So that's the difference. We really have to get into ketosis. And, um, just if you, if you can't, if you don't want to, if keto isn't your thing, then start eating carbs. I mean, that's your other option, but being that being too low carb when you're dealing with those um, issues is not going to do you any favors. Well, and I know Dr. Walls would even say, because uh, she's doing this for multiple sclerosis symptoms as well, you know, there's a ketogenic wing of her diet. So really kind of pay attention to the uh, specifics of what that is so that you're not just kind of winging it. Um, and, and it sounds like somewhat, Christy, you might be winging it. So hopefully what Sean has shared about eating more fat so that you get adequate calories will help you out here today. Yes, Hopefully. Well, thank you, Christy, and special thank you to Jane, Jay, Glenn, Fatima, Kelly, Debbie, Ron, Joshua. I love this one. Little Hunks. (laughs) Thank you, Little Hunks. (laughs) Christine, thanks so much for all of the help, factual, dependable information, and a fun time learning. I'm proud to be a supporter. Thank you, Christine. Gina, Michelle, John, and Marco. And if you'd like to support Keto Talk, head on over to paypal.me slash ketotalk or go to ketotalk.com and uh, you can click on the donate button. Helps keep us on the air because we sure do love doing this show. But uh, we're glad to have Sean Miner here today helping us answer questions uh, specifically for you females out there. So hopefully you'll hear a few more questions here in a minute when we get back to the questions. But I had to ask Sean Miner what she thought about this brand new documentary on Netflix right now. And I know as of the recording of this, you watched it last night. Uh, It's called What the Health. It literally lit up my email box this past week. I got so many people asking me, what did you think about this brand new documentary? And they're claiming they they found the answer to why we have diabetes and what's wrong with our diet and their conclusion, Sean. We're eating way too much meat in our diets and sugar is not the culprit in diabetes. What the? <laughs> <laughs> so what you Oh, think? my gosh. It was honestly, it was so bad. I had to turn it off. Oh, did you? Turn I it just, See, nobody's been able to get all the way through it. I, I made myself so do it. Yeah. Oh, but it was I mean, you could just even tell it was just full of lies. You could just tell it was full of lies. You could I tell think. it was propaganda. I think that's exactly. the thing that's sad about it is people were writing me that aren't as solid in this as you and I are. And they're, oh my gosh, I need to give up all meat now. I don't understand. I thought keto was healthy. And and so uh, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, I have to do an official response. So I literally, you guys, have culled all of the audio from that crazy documentary And on next week's Keto Talk podcast, I'm going to break down at least the major points. I I can't go 
line by line by line. It would take me 10 hours to get through (laughs) responding to everything. But some of the main points that I know people were writing to me about was the acidity of meat and oh my gosh, and eating meat is like smoking cigarettes. And of course, you and I know, Sean, those are all epidemiological studies, not really randomized controlled clinical trials, and yet they get the big headlines. This is why every time I see these headlines talking about meat and ketogenic diets in a negative way, I always tell people, look at the kind of study it is. It's not based on solid science. Yes. And really, we don't even uh, we can just tell by the way that our country is going that when they are following this whole what basically that documentary was saying, which is sugar's fine. Go right ahead. Eat it. That's why we continue to have the health issues we have in our country. So we don't even need studies. We can just see it in our in our communities. Yeah, unfortunately, this kind of stuff, though, especially on something as popular as Netflix, people are finding it and going, oh, it's a new health documentary. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the latest and greatest information is about health. And then they watch what the health and they go, oh, and so it kind of reinforces that preconceived notion that a vegetarian vegan diet is the way to go. And it could be the it could be disastrous for someone like yourself with leptin resistance or someone like myself with insulin resistance it would be the very wrong thing to do. And that's the thing that upsets me the most. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very upsetting. And it's going to just create even more confusion than we already have going on in the in this nutrition world. And we need more people like you and I just continuing to spread the message. Well, I ain't going anywhere. So I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) And you have the number one podcast right now. So (laughs) you're not going anywhere. So Well, guys, don't miss next week's Keto Talk. The doc will still be gone next week. So as a special edition next week, I will, and and pray for me this week because I'm having to put this thing together and, and hold my nose as I'm listening to all this audio. So but hopefully it'll be a, a good thing that you could share with friends and family that share concerns about this new documentary. Oh my gosh, what, what do we do? Uh, send them next week's uh, link because I think it's going to be very eye-opening the propaganda and misinformation that they're spreading out there. So stay tuned, guys. So let's get to the featured questions here today, Miss Sean. And the first one is from Tara. Tara says, hey there, I recently read this article by a naturopath named Dr. Laura Bryden, and she gives the link. Uh, Do you know Laura Bryden? Have you heard of her? I do. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. In the post, she claims that eating a low-carb ketogenic diet will take away your period. I've not had a period since starting keto over 20 months ago. I also developed all four of the signs that she mentioned in that article, low T3, non-Hashimoto's hypothyroid, hair loss, constipation, and insomnia. I average five and a a half hours of less than restful sleep per night with sleep aids and high-dose melatonin, waking up every couple of hours. I'm desperate to know how I can tweak my ketogenic diet to favor fertility. My naturopath knows very little about keto, and I'm not sure she can help me. I've been strict keto with 24 intermittent fasting for a while, so I wonder if I could get away with some starch every few days to see if that helps. Between my infertility and profoundly low estradiol, it just... uh, Uh, Or I just know it's triggered my binge eating. Thanks so much for any help you can provide, 
Satara. Satara hits on a lot of points that I know you've got some thoughts about, but does keto take away your period and lead to undesirable health effects? And should I add in starch every few days to deal with these issues? Now, I'll only say one thing at the top. What's her ketone level? So I wonder if she truly ever got into ketosis. Yes, this is a theme song that we have here on this show because it does matter, doesn't it, Sean? It does matter so much. And if you are truly ketogenic, it's going to be great for your fertility and it's going to be great for those hormones regulating and everything that, you know, all of these symptoms that you're having will kind of reverse. So it will be great. However, again, I I highly doubt you're actually in ketosis. And that article, I, I of course read it when I saw this, that article talks about low carb diets, mm-hmm. not low carb, high fat ketogenic diets. So as we said, it is, yes. there's a huge difference. And so getting into ketosis, which we know requires lots and lots of really healthy fats, uh, will be the difference that that makes. And so not only then are you eating more food because we also need to eat enough food to regulate those uh, cycles and and um, get your fertility back on track. So we need to eat enough food, really high fat food, get into ketosis, and you probably won't even have to really worry about the carbs because you'll be feeling really good. You'll be getting all those symptoms reversed and um, you'll start seeing hopefully some regulated periods and all of that stuff. And more importantly, you might also see that that binge eating goes away, which yes. is a big sign there. Uh, she kind of mentioned it at the end. She did. But she that's kind of threw that in at the last second. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. By the way, I binge eat. <laughs> right. And another thing that that really brings up for me, which we talked about at the top, is um, how I now can see that she's probably thinking about this as a diet and not a lifestyle because yes. she's still having binging tendencies. Yeah. Well, and I would even say the low T3, the hair loss, maybe even the insomnia are all signs of hypocaloric state. Uh, Mm. I'm not sure about the constipation. Maybe she needs to have a few more green leafy vegetables to help with that. But those other three symptoms are a clear sign that she's probably not eating enough fat in her diet. Again, a common theme song here today, but I think it, it applies here for Tara. Yeah. And this is really where you can, as a woman, find the real benefit in testing your ketones. I mean, I really think that everybody should, and I know you would agree with me, but mm-hmm. a lot of women, you know, either they don't want to spend the money or they don't um, want to get crazy about it and start using it as another tool, kind of that kind of thing. But you can find so much information out about your body when you test for ketones. Can you imagine a diabetic not testing their blood sugar? Because, well, I just it's just too inconvenient. It hurts to, you know, whatever their excuse is, that's it would be absurd, especially a type one diabetic. It would be absurd for them to never test their blood sugar. And yet, if you're ketogenic, you have to test to know where you stand. Right. You have to. And it's just giving you all the information that you really need for those healing purposes, not just dietary regulations, but to know you're producing ketones, which are the healing benefit of ketosis. Uh, the only other thing I'll say to her real quickly too, is that 24 intermittent yeah. fast, yes. uh, it might be too much for you yes. right now. You know, you don't have to do that every day. You don't have to do it for as long as you are. I think that might be, especially if you're not in, you know, you're not really eating enough fat and you're not yes. eating enough when you are eating, then that's going to be too much. Yeah. Four hour eating window. She'd have to 
put down quite a few calories in those four hours. And I, I don't think Jimmy Moore could put down enough calories in just four <laughs> hours necessarily. Uh, you know, sometimes I do eat one meal a day, which would be kind of a 23-1. But, uh, but yeah, 24, that was one that jumped out at me too, Sean, that maybe if she did, you know, you know, her last meal of the day at six o'clock, but then not eat till maybe noon the next day, that's 18 hours. And then she mm-hmm. could get in plenty of uh, calories naturally. Again, letting her body dictate when she should eat and how much she should eat and letting her satiety signal kick in. Um, you know, it's, it's just frustrating to see someone like Tara going through all these symptoms that now she blames the ketogenic diet for when it's not really keto that's doing this to her at all. And also these articles that are posted that talk about these low carb diets not being good, but it's not the same as keto. So we don't want to confuse those two. Yes. Yeah. And Keto Clarity, I actually had a whole thing. What's the difference between Atkins and keto? And because there's very clear differences and definitely the the ramping up of the fat is a biggie. Right. Just add it to everything. Yes. No downside. Well, Tara, thank you for your question. And we're up to the second featured question of the day. Aren't you guys loving Sean? Sean is awesome. (laughs) So uh, the next one's all the way from Brisbane, Australia. It's Jackie. Hi, guys. I've listened to all your podcasts, some of them twice, as I've become a sponge with the information. My question question for you is about breast cancer and ketosis. I, I was diagnosed with breast cancer three and a half years ago, and I've had radiation and on tamoxifen for over three years. Cancer is what led me to start listening to health podcasts. During the cancer treatments, I put on 11 pounds and it all seemed to develop in my midsection. I've tried low carb and even keto, but can't seem to get into ketosis no matter what I do. You guys have said many times on your podcast that some women need estrogen to help with weight loss, but I'm wondering if perhaps I need to be eating low carb and low calorie, uh uh-oh, in order to get the best Mm -hmm. results. So when I've done keto previously about eight years ago, when I was at a bodybuilding gym, I lost a significant amount of weight very quickly, but I just can't seem to get there now. I also take antidepressants to help with hot flashes, and I realize that these have a side effect of weight gain. Can you help me, Jackie, in Brisbane, Australia? So uh, a lot of red flags in this one uh, for you, Sean, but should I eat both low-carb and low-calorie in order to get into ketosis and see the results I'm looking for? And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely not. I think think we got that solidified in the other questions. Yes. So no, definitely not low-calorie, and that actually is something that I see in women keeps them from getting into ketosis is if you are eating too low calorie, then that stress response that it causes in your body, your cortisol is going to be called upon for sure when you're kind of hungry and not nourishing yourself properly. And even just having that cortisol response will keep you out of ketosis. Because it raises blood sugar, which then raises insulin. Yes, exactly. You got it. It's all connected, all these hormones. (laughs) The doc talks about that a lot, that it's all about the hormones, and that's why it's about the hormones. The other thing I would mention here is it doesn't really say whether she uh, is still fighting cancer or has beaten cancer. I don't know if we know that or not. I don't know. I would assume she's probably in remission right now, but yeah. But this is really where it's the mindset really comes into place because it seems like she's so focused on these 11 pounds when instead she should be either, you know, doing everything she possibly can to fight cancer and heal her body 
or celebrating in the Celebrate. fact that she beat cancer. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry about 11 pounds right now. Just nourish your body and just really realize all of the amazing things that your body just did for you um, and nourish it. That's the best way we can kind of celebrate that. That is such a great perspective. And I think sometimes our culture has so banged it in our heads, Sean, that it's all about your weight and your weight is your health. And no, beating cancer is your health. (laughs) Exactly. And if your body needed to gain some weight to do so, then maybe that's just where it's happy right now. And so just celebrate that and and just focus more on how healthy you are and how healthy you're going to continue to be instead of uh, trying to lose those last few pounds and, you know, eat such little food to get there because that's not going to do it. And it just, there's so much more to life when you uh, aren't worried about those 11 pounds. Yeah. There's a a saying in Australia uh, where we we say it's I eat, it's all good. They say she'll be right. So she'll be right, Jackie. She'll be right. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. Just eat lots of nourishing foods. And especially since you are, you know, kind of in this healing pattern, really make sure those are nutrient dense, awesome foods. uh, So you're really getting those nutrients. And I mean, your your weight's going to probably get there as soon as you stop worrying about it. Yes. Well, Jackie, thank you for your question. We're going to pause here for another sponsor. We'll be right back. They're back and better than ever at JimmyLovesFBomb.com. They are the F-Bomb company. Fat is smart fuel. They have made some incredible products for the ketogenic community, and they make keto easier. They have products that include coconut oil, macadamia nut oil, house blend, MCT oil, olive oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut butter with sea salt, macadamia nut butter without salt, coconut butter macadamia nut butter blend they also have salted chocolate macadamia nut butter these are all available to you now at jimmylovesfbomb.com and if you head on over there now and you use the coupon code jimmylovesfbomb they'll give you 10% off of your first order jimmylovesfbomb.com Whether you're brand new to keto or if you're a seasoned veteran, you're going to love what we put together for you at OneStopKeto.com. OneStopKeto has put together this great new ketogenic box just for you, the listeners of my podcast. It includes epic pork rinds, epic bacon bits, peely nuts, roam sticks, primal kitchen collagen bars, and vital protein stick packs. Again, visit the website onestopketo.com to get this exclusive offer for my listeners. Onestopketo.com. Okay, we're back here on Keto Talk, and we have special guest co-host here today. She's been amazing, Sean Miner. She's from the Keto for Women show. It's the brand new iTunes health podcast. It's the number one fitness and nutrition podcast. Is, is, does that sound weird to hear, Sean? Very, extremely <laughs> weird. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm you pretty sure it. I'm dreaming. <laughs> I think people are hearing today why you're the number one uh, health podcast right now on the fitness and nutrition uh, charts. So uh, you've done a great job so far. And we got a few more questions for you. So Karen is the next one. 
one. I've been enjoying your podcast, reading your Keto Clarity book, Jimmy. I started on a ketogenic diet to help with my autoimmune arthritis, and I think I've been making some progress. Unfortunately, I'm losing weight and I don't need to be. I'm five foot two inches tall and I'm actually underweight at 91 pounds. My goal is to be at 105 pounds. Despite shoveling 75% fat into my diet, I just keep losing weight. Tracking my nutrition with an online tracker, it's telling me that my calories are higher than are required for me, and yet my weight, weight just keeps dropping despite the fact that I feel good. Should I choose being in ketosis and controlling my arthritis while losing weight or eating a few more carbohydrates to get out of ketosis in order to get back to normal weight again, but dealing with the arthritis? Got any suggestions? I'd so love to get back some of my feminine curves again, Karen. So Karen has an interesting uh, dichotomy of things to choose from here. She says, how can I get the benefits that ketosis provides my autoimmune arthritis without the unwanted weight loss that happens when I eat keto? And I'm only going to make one comment here before we hear from you, Sean. In this interesting that, you know, with all the calories, 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 this just shows, you know, it really ain't about the calories. (laughs) So true. It absolutely is. And and she's obviously sounds like she's eating enough or at least what sounds like she's the tracker says she's eating enough. So what else could be going on that's causing this? And I kind of have to veer away from keto for just a second and say, you really need to look at your gut health because you having an autoimmune disease um, will automatically point to the fact that you have some gut health issues that are still probably going on. Yes, leaky gut for sure. And when you have that, uh, there's all sorts of things that could also be going on within your gut and you won't be absorbing and digesting those foods that you're eating. So that is definitely probably at least partially to blame mm-hmm. for the weight loss. So it probably isn't even keto's fault necessarily. It's something else. So uh, I do functional lab testing with one-on-one clients and I do a comprehensive GI panel that's a stool test and it really looks at how you are breaking down your foods if there's maybe something else growing in there that could be eating the food instead like a candida overgrowth or something like that Um, if you have leaky gut or even just inflammation to the point where you can't absorb the nutrients then that's going to be the reason why you have this significant weight loss not keto it's just you're not you're not getting all those benefits Um, The only other thing I could say to this is even though you're using a a nutrition tracker, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to stop eating that the amount of food once that calories have been reached. I mean, you can go as much over as you want, you know, so maybe a, a tracker isn't necessarily needed here is once you've gotten to that point where, you know, there's a place amount of food you can't go under, but perhaps you could start going quite a bit over if you are feeling it and if your body feels like it needs it and, um, you know, you have that appetite, you don't have to stick with a tracker to, to figure that out. My brain just can't go where Karen is right now of just, well, I'm just eating all that I want and I'm just shedding pounds and I'm going, I hate <laughs> you in a way. So, <laughs> But, but, you know, if she's putting in that tracker kind of where where she's at right now or even her goal weight, that might still be too little food. It could, you know, it could be significantly more than even what that tracker is telling her. So it's kind of a time and I really don't like for 
people to use trackers, especially once they have a, an idea that they're getting enough fat and that kind of thing, because I don't want you to, to be not looking at your body and listening to your body with what you should be eating when, um, you can really use that intuitive sense and maybe you need to eat more. There's certainly no downside to it because I think there is a natural uh, where your body will not let you go past satiety too much. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think Karen listened to those signals that tell you when it's time to because maybe she's like, well, I've already eaten a lot. So maybe I just need to just, you know, titrate it off here and, and not have any more. Whereas maybe a little more could be given her the weight gain, it sounds weird for me to say that, but the weight gain mm-hmm. benefits that would happen from eating keto while still being in ketosis and getting all the benefits for your arthritis. Yeah. And obviously it's it's working for you because it's so important to get that relief from arthritis. So it's yes. obviously the right move to do. So carbohydrates are probably going to make you just be in more pain and you're still not going to gain weight if you still have some sort of gut health issue or if you still just need to eat more food. And I never want to ignore people like Karen who are a little more snowflakes in this because most of us are dealing with weight and insulin resistance. She's got the opposite problem. She needs to gain weight. And I think one of the things that keto does, uh, her story notwithstanding, is if you're underweight, it actually will put you at a more normal weight when it's done properly. So it sounds like maybe adding in the more fat Karen may just do the trick. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Well, thank you, Karen. And we are up to the Keto Talk mailbox. This one is from Julie. Hi, guys. Love the show. You're doing an amazing service. So keep up the good work. I've been keto for four months and I'm doing great losing 25 pounds and dropping my A1C from 5.6 to 5.0 in just two months of eating this way. Wow, that's really, that's a huge drop in in a quick amount of time. My husband went keto at the same time as me and he's lost 40 pounds. Needless to say, our doctor is ecstatic about our results. We've heard people joking about being careful when you go keto and normalize your hormones because it might just make getting pregnant easier. Well, surprise, here comes baby number four. Congratulations, Julie. Are there any recommendations about how to adjust the macronutrients of my ketogenic diet for the second and third trimester? And even once I start breastfeeding, I usually eat around 80% fat in my diet. See, she got the memo that you eat high fat Uh, (laughs) with protein around 70 grams, carbs around 20 grams. I'm definitely making sure that I consume a minimum of 2000 calories daily so I don't stress Uh, my Hashimoto's or my adrenals that I've worked so hard to heal over the past four years. Should I eat a bit more protein as the pregnancy continues? You guys will find this interesting that the way I found out that I was pregnant was my ketones suddenly dropped to 0.3 after always registering 1.5 to 3.0. And on a hunch, we did a pregnancy test and whammo, bammo, pregnant. Crazy, right? I'm so thankful to be keto adapted heading into this pregnancy and hoping it will keep my notorious severe morning sickness at bay this time around. Thanks again, Julie. So Julie wants to know, how do I need to adjust the macros in my keto diet in the late stages of my pregnancy and while breastfeeding? And should I be adding in more protein? So I love that Julie also got the memo to eat a lot of food because having a minimum of 2000 calories even before she was pregnant was amazing and probably contributed to her getting pregnant and those balanced hormones. So that's awesome. I would definitely just tell her to continue with that and even up your calories even more and just 
you know, again, be intuitive with it and eat to satiety. Uh, hopefully it'll be more uh, than food than you're currently doing even. And yeah, she probably could increase her, her protein to between 80 to 100 grams, I would say. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would be enough to kick her out of ketosis if she's continuing to eat that really high fat. Um, and it is really good to um, help the baby grow. So I think that would be, yes, the protein is, uh uh-huh. So I think that would be really beneficial. Uh, I do have, um, women that I've helped that, um, through pregnancy and breastfeeding and they had a, an amazingly easy, uh, pregnancy and their breastfeeding has gone really, really well by being in ketosis. So it's definitely the way to go. Yes. Yep. The production. And really, I mean, just think about all those nutrients you're giving into baby. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's amazing. And and that's the only other thing I would say is of course, I mean, hopefully we're all already doing this, but I'm really passionate about the quality of food and meats and fats that you're eating. So make sure you're getting those super nutrient dense foods during your pregnancy, like salmon and sardines, liver, if you can tolerate it. I can't, so I can't really tell you. There's liver pills out there now though. Yes, that's what I take. I know Paleo Valley has this kind of organ complex that has liver and heart and all kind of things. So uh, yeah, definitely check them out. That's what I take too. Yep, exactly. And uh, just even uh, grass fed, grass finished meats and pastured pork and pastured chicken and eggs, all of those things Just really focus on those nutrient dense, uh, really high quality foods. And I would think the uh, severe morning sickness would be at bay being in a keto adapted state. It will. Yes, it definitely will. You'll see a big difference with that. Well, Julie, again, congratulations on baby number four. And uh, hopefully this one uh, will open your eyes that, wow, why did I go through all that the first three baby? (laughs) (laughs) Heartache and pain. But uh, hopefully this helps you out. And uh, yeah, let us know uh, when when that ketonian is born because uh, we want to know. Well, we're up to the iTunes reviews portion of the show, and this one is from Dark Tragedy. I really enjoy this podcast. Jimmy and Adam have great chemistry. It makes learning fun. All the information they share via listener questions and commenting on current studies in the news is all very easy to understand. Great for sharing with others. I never fail to do these two things while listening to each podcast. Learn something new and laugh. What more could you ask for? So thank you, Dark Tragedy. And if you have a, uh, a review you want to leave for the show, it definitely helps out shows uh, that are on iTunes. So go to iTunes, type in Jimmy Moore, Keto Talk, Adam Nally. You will find the podcast and leave us your review. And while you're at iTunes, hop on over to the Keto for Women show. You want to be subscribed to the number one fitness and nutrition podcast. See, I need to do like a voiceover for your show. It's the <laughs> number do. one fitness and nutrition podcast on iTunes from uh, Sean Miner and SeanMiner.com is her website, S-H-A-W-N-M-Y-N-A-R.com. Sean, what a great episode 73 we had. So thank you for sharing your knowledge and uh, kudos to you for changing your life and now changing the lives of many others. Well, it has been so much fun and I give you so much credit, Jimmy, for showing me the way in my own keto journey. So thank you so much for having me and hope everyone enjoyed it. And go subscribe to the Keto for Women show. I think you're going to you guys are going to love it. If you loved her answers here today, then you're really going to love 
her show. And I, I think one of the things that I think is going to make you incredibly successful for a long time is you speak so clearly. You have a joyfulness in your voice, Sean, when you speak. And you're so knowledgeable. And I think those three things are kind of the secret sauce to being a successful podcaster. And you got it all in spades. So I wish you only the very best of luck. And uh, thanks again for being my guest co-host here today. Thank you so much, Jimmy. So much fun. And guys, don't miss episode 74 coming up next Thursday when I take down that What the Health uh, documentary. I want to say something else when I say the name of that documentary, but what the What the Health podcast is what or uh, documentary is what it's called. But we will take that down in next week's podcast, kind of sharing uh, the truth uh, because it was a lot of misinformation. How long did you get into it before you guys turned it off? We were about 30 minutes. 30 in, minutes. And we oh, just, you lasted longer than most. Most yeah. said 10 to 15 and it was gone. <laughs> and we just couldn't stop talking about how bad it was. So oh, we were just like, it, let's turn this off. It got even worse after 30 minutes. It's an hour and a half long. So uh, yeah, I watched all the way through and I, I needed a shower after it was over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so guys, until next Thursday, we'll see you then. You've been listening to Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc. Visit our website, ketotalk.com, for full show notes for this episode. If you enjoy this podcast, then head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Keto Talk. We'll see you again soon. Thank you.